This week's podcast sponsored by HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Hey everyone, welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We're at episode 735. This is being recorded on August 9, 2023. I'm Sebastian Peak. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. I'm Brett Van Spurenberg. And I'm Kent Burgess. Yes, we're all back. And the giant PC Per logo, too, if you're watching the video, to uh, talk about a week that was in the tech world. PC news happened. Lots of it, actually. Well, some more interesting than others. But first, we need to thank Wayne F., one of our esteemed patrons. And you can be like Wayne and help support this podcast by going to PC Per's Patreon. See how I smoothly covered that gaff? Patreon.com slash PC Per and uh, give generously as many times as you can a day. Over and over and over again till it's and hit that hit that wrong. like button and comment interact with us smash uh, it yeah smash, smash it that. hit the bell smash that if you haven't subscribed subscribe so you know when we go live for oh. little random live streams that uh, are going to happen you guys have yeah. probably never seen it it's the bell icon you yeah know. it's a your, nobody's ever mentioned it before on YouTube nope. just new. click it it's new over and over while watching our video yeah because the Pilot G2 yep. is the finest writing instrument ever made. Oh, my. That's a and it's very... So we know how Josh a, is going to die in this episode. bold statement. He's going to lose count of the clicks. You know what I like? You know, how many, you know how many sports reporters get people to interact with them? They say something really stupid. And Well, yeah, you already said it's like a sports reporter. Yeah. yeah, and so uh, you it's know, definition of the you internet. gotta you gotta you gotta pump prime that well, prime that pump if you will. Mm-hmm. I just hit that handle. Pump that you choke. Know what I'm anyway, uh, what about the Pilot V8? What about a thinner tip? What about more precision? Yeah, but that tears through a lot of different papers, and I don't like that. Yeah, if you have a light touch, I well, okay. <laughs> the G two is is it gel or is it is it just that it's a roller? I thought it was gel. It's gel. Okay. It's the gel. G for gel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. 07 is a, you know, it's a, not a fine tip, but it's not super coarse either. I, I think it's a really nice balance. I of, like the G. Uh, I like the V8. So when you, uh, when you're doing, uh, um, actually writing on your, your notepad, um, writing down all of your graphics card information. I don't use a pen. I don't use a pen for that. You know what I prefer? Pentel, made in Japan. Look at how nice, look at how nice it comes Mechanical out. Mechanical pencil. See that? Oh, it, oh, is nice. it is nice. It is nice. Yep. It's nice. very nice. That's, that's, that's mm-hmm. I'll tell you, G2, it's magic. Mm-hmm. Magic. It gets that ink anyway. on the page. It does. It does it. doesn't smear. dries quickly. Anyway. <sighs> so, Josh, are you the right-handed? Week. I sure am. Yeah, lefties. That's why it doesn't. That's why it doesn't yeah. smear for you. <laughs> Still not better than a be quiet screwdriver. Just telling you right now. <laughs> Let's go to Laramie, Wyoming, for our food segment. Uh, correspondent Josh Walrath is standing by. Me. Uh, so it was a little bit different uh, special today, but one that hoagie. I welcome because it was not a hoagie, but it was a euro wrap. So they didn't do the the traditional euro. With the uh, you know the thicker kind of 
Brad Pita. It was more of a wrap, but it had all the goodies. It had, you know, the lamb meat in there. It was nicely spiced and and uh, cucumbers and lettuce and feta cheese and tzatziki sauce. It was all the good things. And and uh, in a slightly, uh, uh, they 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 did kind of you know heat up the uh, outside to to crispen up the tortilla a bit. So that was nice. The fries were excellent. It was uh, it was really a, a nice meal because you really can't get euros around here except at Arby's and. Sometimes we really, you know, question if that is really a euro. So there you have it. It was it was not a burger, but it was sure a tasty euro wrap. Let's move to news. And there's a, been a special driver issued for Ratchet and Clank on AMD. It now supports ray tracing if you have a Radeon GPU. Now, initially, this has been a poster child for RTX on, if you've followed social media, and specifically, you know, NVIDIA-related channels, now you can get ray tracing on your Radeon in Ratchet & Clank Rift apart. So go out and download the latest update today. Version 1.808.0.0 enables ray tracing for compatible AMD GPUs if you're using Adrenaline 23.10.23.03. Oh, you can do ultimate ray tracing with an RX 7900 XTX, according to this. Well, you can mm. certainly click it. I want to see. It says it'll do 4K 60. 4K 60. Yeah. That's amazing. At uh, ultimate. Oh, and is that using DLSS or sorry? Uh, I don't know. FSR. I see an asterisk. There is an asterisk on the slide. Yeah, that's FSR. So that's probably. Not that that's a bad thing, but ray tracing, it's you have to be very high. I mean, it is very high. Mm-hmm. Now, far more interesting, but flagged as a rumor, and therefore, I didn't, I don't know if it was suitable to be our lead story tonight, but let's all freak out about this story from videocards.com. AMD. Oh, this one. Rumors suggest that AMD might have canceled Navi 41, Navi 42. Yesterday, a rumor surfaced regarding AMD's plans for the Radeon RX 8000 GPUs, prompting us to investigate further. This is videocards.com. While some uncertainty remains, multiple sources have echoed similar claims. So AMD may not have a high end in the RX 8000 series. They could be targeting mainstream mid-range price performance like they did back in the the famous Polaris days. Polaris, Polaris, yeah. Polaris card for their time, and it was essentially, you know, an optimized Hawaii that was smaller, cooler, more efficient, and that was it. But at least it came you with eight gigs. You don't think this is an attempt to say, well, we don't compete at the high end, so therefore we don't have to have any embarrassing comparisons. Hmm. I don't think that's what they're going for, but it's what it feels like. It's is, a side hey, effect. The, RD, the RTX 4090 blew us out of the water, and now we're just going to focus on, like, you know, 70-level performance next time. So, therefore, we, AMD, we can just ignore a particular high-end card to say, oh, we don't compete with that. Our price performance is elsewhere on the spectrum. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, you know, what? what is the uh, 
you got to think about, you know, the release time that these may be out. I mean, because we, if we uh, heard today, I think uh, China just is, is like a bunch of their companies are buying something like $5 billion worth of NVIDIA GPUs to do an AI stuff. And which is another, you desktop people are nice and fun and we really appreciate you helping us get here. But um, you're just not, you know, paying bills like these other guys. So enjoy your $1,600 forty ninety and your $1,200 mm-hmm. $4,080. Um, and I, I just wonder if, if the rest of the, uh, the folks out and about, namely NVIDIA, uh, AMD and, and Intel are kind of looking at this as like, do we want to even compete at the high end? I mean, I would love them to. I wish they would. Wish we could drive some of these prices down with, you know. Yeah. Nicely performing performance-wise or price-wise, Josh. Well, yeah, both. But fair. Okay, we're we're probably not gonna we're probably not gonna get that. And uh, you know, AMD may be at a point where their MI three hundred series is selling well enough, and they might just be because we talked about this a couple weeks ago that you know the the need for compute in this world only grows; it's never satisfied. And uh, if they're actually you know getting some good traction in uh, in some of these data centers and other machine learning things, which can actually, you know, utilize these parts. Maybe they're just better off using, you know, wafer capacity that they have. And even though there's spare capacity around that, uh, you know, they're not entirely made of money, maybe they can get their margins up there. And so, you know, the top end is, is of this generation is, is may get chopped off a bit because, the old stuff is working just as good for a lot of the ML stuff. I don't know. It's uh, it's uh, it is certainly an industry in flux right now, just because it's it's almost like um, mining 2.0, except there's not as many kind of underhanded, under the table deals of where GPUs just go into darkness and end up in these giant folding factories. So I don't know. It's a it's an interesting thing to dig into and uh, get some more discussion, but. Um, it's definitely not five years ago when, you know, we were sitting, uh, on the 2000 series and, uh, AMD had what Vega at the time. I mean, there was, yeah. you know, some comparisons in there. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a very different world where, you know, the desktop and gaming is being pushed to the side rather quickly. Mm-hmm. I know Josh, you talk about mm-hmm. die size and yields and, if you think about a company that's paying TSMC to produce a 10 inch wafer, how many dies you're getting off of that. And then you look at products like this, the H 100, which is at CDW right now for just $30,602 and 99 cents. Oh, available in five to seven plus days. We need stacks of those stacks and stacks. This GPU is 814 millimeters squared. And they're that's really large. It's really large, but it, I mean, I would rather take my chances on yields when you're getting, you know, that kind of money versus yeah. a big graphics chip and selling it for a thousand dollars. Yeah, but and it's not just the chip, it. it's it's Packaging, also interposer yeah. and yeah. the HBM yeah. memory stacks and and so yeah, but it, I mean it's still yeah. gonna be it's still gonna be probably just the package itself. Fifteen hundred bucks, 
Really? Mm-hmm. Just for the package? I guess that explains why they're so that's, expensive. That's, yeah. You know, quite a lot. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> and eighty gigs of HBM memory is going to be expensive. Yes, it is. But you won't be able to make enough of them to keep up with demand. Yeah. Whereas no, your high-end gaming cards, millimeter part is yeah. going to be. You're looking at maybe fifty percent are good after. Um, Ouch. You know, kind of recovering them, and yep. uh, uh, a current four nanometer from NVIDIA wafer is approximately seventeen to nineteen thousand dollars. So you can do the math. You can get out your little die calculator, and uh, yeah, it would hurt. Yeah, eighty one hundred two is only six hundred nine millimeters squared. For some reason, I thought it was bigger. I guess I was thinking of something else. No, it, the uh, the RTX forty eighty is is uh, smaller than four hundred millimeters square. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So it should not be priced the way it is, but yeah. Now. Well, I mean, it should be priced higher because if 800 <laughs> millimeters squared is thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> the gaming cards are a real steal. Exactly. Real, yeah. Seriously, I had a yep. conversation once with an executive at a company during an event, and there's this question about you know where does gaming kind of fit when you're planning and you're paying for these wafers and uh, this enterprise product has this kind of margin and this consumer product has this much, much lower margin. And you're obviously trying to, you know, move units and foster goodwill. Maximize shareholder value. Exactly. But Mm -hmm. on the other hand, you got this whole AI thing now, which kind of changes the whole dynamic because it's, you just, who cares? Who cares about, uh, just use AI upscaling for everything. Put AI (laughs) in front of it and then it's fine. And then all of the profits and all of those wafers go to some kind of data center accelerator for. There is actually a news item about that inferencing stuff. Yeah, and here, here's AI the powered toast. Go ahead, Jeremy. Uh, I was going to say I've got an AI powered toaster. It cost me three thousand dollars, but there's not a single element on it. Yeah, it just toasts itself from the card that runs it. In there, no. Um, interestingly enough. I, NVIDIA for a lot of this AI ML stuff, they have not butchered performance on the the uh, the desktop cards. And so, you know, previously when you wanted to get some of these high-end features uh, that would be disabled on, you know, the, the consumer graphics, but enabled through drivers and, and you know, soft uh, um, fuses on the higher-end cards. Of course, they sell those higher-end cards, but with MLAI, there are none of these kind of limitations. And so when a company who's doing models, uh, they see, you know, a 16 gig card for only 1200 bucks. I mean, they're, they're, they're buying them. I mean, the company I work for didn't even blink an eye throwing down 700 bucks on a 4070 for just this testing machine that we did out in the wind turbine on the boonies. Um, and that's kind of where it's going. I forget uh, who uh, had uh, done that picture, but it was a whole stack of XFX uh, 7900 XTXs that they were thanking AMD to help you know provide them for um, for machine learning, you know AI stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's the wild west again. It's it's not it's not mining, but it's not far away. 
Josh, as you implied, their their libraries that they're providing all the APIs actually run equally well on other silicon that are not blocked out from the consumer level silicon only for their uh, running in their you know their high end um, you know server style cards. Yeah. So and I mean the APIs work equally well. Yeah, they 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 are providing more performance and more features with these top end big cards because of the H eighty gigs of HBM three. Um, when you're training models, often we have to really take into effect how much local memory there is, and uh, you have to, you know, cut up some jobs, and you really have to, you know, pay attention to what you're filling up because some of these models will go past, you know, what's available on the card, and then you're dealing with all kinds of other issues. But if you've got really high speed of 80 gig on this, you know, super chip that is just chugging through. For some companies, that's going to be worth every penny of that $30,000. It's like 1.6 terabytes per second of memory bandwidth on that thing. Yeah, it's ludicrous. It's It's insane. The thing I wonder about with with AI sort of taking over for, you know, NVIDIA's business business plan and AMD looking to go that route a little bit as well. You know, if we're looking at the gaming industry sort of turning into – for chips, what like the car industry is where, you know, in the future, uh, all the most up-to-date architecture is not going to be on the enthusiast desktop platform. It's going to be going out to businesses and uh, gaming cards are going to be on older architectures where there's uh, fab space. Yeah. And well, and the car is a good point because that's where NVIDIA cut their teeth on machine learning was all of the uh, supposed auto drive that they've been working on, or at least crash recognition in that. I mean, that's where they first started out with this, what, five years ago, six years ago? And it's blown up for them. Unfortunately, not great for us. 2018, according to the latest chat. Okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, speaking of NVIDIA... Uh, just a quick aside here yeah. about driver stuff, but they have a Baldur's Gate 3 driver, and I was looking at the press release, it's something about 93% performance gains, like, wow, that's some optimization. And of course, it's uh, with DLSS enabled, versus not enabled. Oh. oh. So, But it's DLSS 2, they're not saying DLSS 3 plus frame generation, it's just DLSS 2. That's in super resolution performance mode, that's what, like a 2 to 1 upscale? Not 2 to 1. Like from 720 up to 1440 or something. But it's still, I mean, if you're on an NVIDIA card, obviously that's a big deal. Well, I can tell you my uh, 6800 XT can do uh, 1440p upscale to 4K and peg 60 frames a second with everything maxed. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, that is one area that at least NVIDIA has not skimped on and they still provide a lot of support for the gaming people is, is drivers and software. So yeah, you gotta give them that. They haven't just uh, like, you know, gone, Hey, we're cutting, you know, the amount of people we've got working on drivers and expect only quarterly releases of drivers and bug fixes. They could do that, but they mm-hmm. don't. So I'm happy. So about says that. the arc user. It's like say, two a week. <laughs> no one's touching <laughs> Intel in the driver development department these days, but you mean release cadence. I think that's really release cadence and optimization. Yeah, I mean, it's not just that they release more. a lot. It's that they improve performance every time they release. Yeah. 
it, it's a really, really quick waltz right now. They're catching up. The product, when it initially launched, felt very raw. And it was. Now it's, yes. you know, they've, they've redoubled their efforts, obviously. And speaking of redoubling their efforts and NVIDIA's strategy, this probably should have preceded that story, but SIGGRAPH, Jensen Wong was on the stage talking about how the company made an existential business decision in 2018 that few realized would redefine its future. We bet the farm on AI and no one knew it, is his message. In other words, things worked out really well and now we're going to take all the credit. Right. Uh, gaming wasn't where it was at. Sorry about that. We're going to be shorting uh, you from now on. We, we suddenly realized that major corporations had more pocket change to spend than uh, your average gamer. Mm-hmm. I, do they want us to forget their crypto phase? Is that kind yes. of what this is saying? That never okay. happened. That was just a, a part of all of this. It was a part of their journey, Brett, to get to this oh. transformative era of modern mm-hmm. compute. But we tossed you the LHR cards, just you know, just a, a pittance. There yeah, for a forgetting bit. the whole mining debacle, just to their credit, they did put a lot of emphasis on RTX and DLSS especially, which yeah. is, of course, AI upscaling. And nobody seemed to really like that very much in the enthusiast community, at least not in our community. It's mm-hmm. There was a lot of... Uh, yeah. Pitchforks like, and... Because there's a tax associated with it. You're paying like $100, $200 more for a graphics card because of what? RTX? I'll never even turn that on. Don't mention the G-Sync tax while you're at it. Yeah. So (laughs) these technologies they come up with, they charge for them. They consider them premiums on top of what they consider a premium product. And And they were paying more for it. As advertised. They they do. True. I mean, other than the latency issue with LSS 3... Yeah, the frame and generation it's not thing. Horrible. It's not horrible. And it's not it's just. I, I mean, if you if you were a Counter Strike player, you would disable it, obviously, because you want well, you know, as many frames as possible and as much tearing on your screen just to get that that frame update. That's <laughs> why you're playing uh, on the yeah. CRT. Yeah. So what we always suspected you know is true. Uh, Nvidia does hate you, and uh, no, they're gonna. No. <laughs> and by the way, speaking of the frame generation thing, we still don't have AMD's frame generation. And you know what? Anytime nope. you put that in the output stage, you're adding latency. I don't think they want to do that. They don't as much negativity as there has been around this, at least in tech press and places online and no hardware unboxed was, you know, seen around the internet and quoted around the internet when he talked about how, wow, it actually makes the game feel slower. And more cinematic. I'd be interested to see uh, in a controlled test environment, uh, blind testing, if people could tell what they were, if, if, you know, what kind of latency they were looking at, if there was a latency difference between something. Um, but I swore that was the Pepsi. Yeah, That's, exactly. Is what it's end up getting, being. Yeah. We're getting into training here because again if you get yes. a professional Captain strike player they're going to notice it automatically oh they're yeah gonna be they lighting. will i switch yeah. to the left and i i noticed they that latency in between my movement and when the screen responded while somebody else playing i don't know diablo 4 is like no it looks great to me i click things go there 
Yeah. Well, and didn't NVIDIA try and solve this problem with their product that reduced the lag between your mouse, your video card, Reflex. and your display? They did, yeah, they, but that, that was, was it. That was it. Oh, it died quickly, but... No, no. Yeah. If, if you actually so look was... at the games that enable F, so frame generation, typically those will also... Like, for example, Cyberpunk. If you enable frame generation, it automatically turns on uh, NVIDIA Reflex, and you can't turn it off. <laughs> okay. That's how so they mitigate they, it. It, it increases latency, but not by a lot, because yeah. Reflex is enabled. But in general, yeah, you're adding latency. There's no way to avoid it, because you're doing it at the nope. output stage. And AMD, when they showed us their mock-up of what their frame generation would look like, my question was about latency and how they're implementing it. And they said, well, you know, you know, basically admitted that it would incur a slight latency penalty, which is the same situation with frame generation. And it's, I personally don't like frame generation on NVIDIA cards because, I mean, it, it works really well. And I think it's a valuable tool if I was trying to upscale video content for like, you know, oh, publishing mm -hmm. a YouTube video. I've done similar <laughs> things. Josh sent me a video uh, like a year ago. And it was recorded at a low frame rate on his system by accident. But I, I can't remember the name of it right now, but there was this thing that ran on NVIDIA cards. Very slow, uh, not real time, but it did a tremendous job. It made it look like native 30 frames per second video when I got done instead of the 15. And the closer we get to be able to do that in real time without it looking like that weird soap opera effect from a TV's... Um, yep processor where you do the um, interpolation between frames that'll be fine but right now it's just it's glorified interpolation it's it's better than your tv so, but unless you're playing a turn-based game probably not your best choice but turn-based games all oh, can look very very pretty yeah and yeah the fact that you've got a little tiny millisecond well five ten milliseconds of lag doesn't matter you're not twitching a lot of the, the overhead stuff is squad-based anyway, oftentimes. So, you know, it's cute yeah. to see all your little guys crawling across the map. <laughs> Let's move on to one of the most explosive stories in recent memory. Intel is working on a product that will change everything again. Remember when Dual Core first hit the scene? At first, it was a little bit awkward. It would kind of glued together the cores in a manner of speaking, but then it became native and it was, it was changed everything, especially once the operating system really took advantage of those multiple cores and games. Buttery, smooth desktop mm -hmm. experience. Mm -hmm. Buttery. Uh, all of this lead up, of course, is for a story about a rumor about a possible return of the dual core processor. Yes. The Intel 300 is uh, possibly in the works. It would replace a Pentium dual core product the, the rumors the usual data mining twitter rumors 14th gen intel 300 processor will be out in q3 of this year specs what, what, what is this for what is this two for? cores is this for jeremy's no, jeremy's listen, toaster brett this is one, one it's for two, <laughs> okay. listen you you're on that one core processor this is two mm. two cores and it's hyper threaded so you get four threads oh, no. six okay. megs of l3 cache i feel like i'm Looking at an ad for like a, a mid-tier Core 2 Duo. Although that didn't have multi... That wasn't hyper-threaded, actually. No, was that was not hyper-threaded. Man. Jeremy, each each slice of bread gets its own core in your toaster. Oh, as is true. As is proper. 
Mm-hmm. The chip features two. two fewer cores than even the Core i3-13100, which is Intel's lowest-end Core i3. Maybe the netbook's coming back. I don't know what this will be. It might be in some like uh, little net top or something. Mini PCs. The first, you know, the first NAS I built myself uh, several years ago had a 3220T in it, which was a two-core, four-thread uh, i3. That's pretty beefy for a, a little NAS, considering the kind of stuff that's been in most of them. I mean, obviously, we are up to quad-core stuff. There's Ryzen-powered NASes out there. Yeah, I don't know if it's I mean, sort of an edge Not a lot of multi-user thing, on that maybe? particular NAS. I mean, yeah. it depends on how they're doing the I.O. There's cheap ways of dealing with networking that are CPU-bound. I don't know. It depends. You wouldn't want to transcode Plex off of a dual-core no. like that, mm-hmm. but yeah. So this, it has an IGP, I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't know. They were talking about cores, sure, clock speeds in the three something gigahertz range. So just interesting. It's it's current yeah. architecture. It's, it's either like it's Alder all Lake a, yeah, or, it's all a link from it's all a leak from uh Chili Dog at Golden Mango. So it's trustworthy. Uh, well, so it sounds just right. Just like video cards. Just like video cards. Video cards <laughs> read it there. Has True. sources. People give them tips. All right. Mm. Our next story, Amazon, Apple, Intel, NVIDIA, Samsung. These are all big names, big companies with lots of money that they want to invest in ARM. ARM is going public. These companies want in. They want to buy in and make a load of dough. So the upcoming IPO for ARM this IPO might amass up to $10 billion and elevate ARM's valuation mm. to a staggering 60 to $70 billion, according to Bloomberg estimates. Well, and interestingly enough, it came out uh, recently that we didn't actually realize that Amazon is running more than half of all the ARM server CPUs <clears throat> on the planet. Interesting. Yeah. That, that actually is. <laughs> it, it, it came out, uh, I forget, uh, it, sorry, Bernstein Research uh, did this, and they figured about 10% of servers across the planet contain ARM processors. Honestly seems low, uh, considering how many bloody ARM processors there are on the planet, but server processors, okay. 40% are located in China. That total is beaten by Amazon with just slightly over 50% that are running AWS. So they, they did their whole Graviton stuff, uh, which makes a lot of sense. You know, they, they kind of went in-house with ARM, but you don't think of them as, like, where did they get fabbed? I think there's an interesting, deeper part to this. Because, uh, like, they're already on 7 nanometer. They're going to 5 nanometer Gravitons. Uh, with the RV, RMV9, they've, they're already booked for TSMC's 3 nanometer. But, yeah, uh, Amazon's interested in uh, buying a lot of ARM stock for some reason. wonder why. That is another company that can actually push the buttons on TSMC's pay us yeah, a lot and they, we'll get you some fab space. Hey, did you want us to start delivering your uh, raw material quickly or slowly? Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amazon has that little bit of leverage as well. <laughs> I know that some of that 
horsepower goes into making my uh, buying experience so easy. It's it's just so fast, S- smooth. It's so smooth. easy and quick to spend all of your money on Amazon. The products Amazon. literally they flow so smoothly into your cart. You hardly even notice. I hardly even notice hitting buy now and having it delivered in the morning. They've been delivering yeah. stuff on my front step at like seven a.m. Oh my! So it's I alarming. Mean, we had Amazon something show is, up today at seven. Yes. Yeah. They're getting me to expect Sunday delivery now, and I'm not sure that's a good place. I, we I we do get Sunday delivery here. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. Our next story, a familiar face, somebody who took about a year off from the industry, a sabbatical, if you will, the AMD technical marketing director, Robert Halleck, has joined AKA. Intel. Yeah, AKA Thrax. No longer on Twitter, yeah, though, Thrax. I don't think. I don't think he's back. He's but. on Twitter. He Is came he back. again? Okay. Yeah. Uh, at Thrax, Robert Halleck. Intel, of course. I mean, where else do people go? People leave AMD, they go to Intel, it seems. Hmm. People leave PC Perspective. No, he's been around. They go to Intel. It's, they're all just a little club. And, you know, Robert and Ryan all these reunited. All editors. Yeah. But apparently he's going to focus on, uh, what is it? Uh, AI. Surprisingly. Yes. That's shocking. Well, mm-hmm. Do you think he'll share the stage with Ryan? I don't know. He just says uh, he had a restful sabbatical well, and he's going to start a new adventure. He probably won't be sharing the stage with another old name that we know of that uh, has recently gone into AI. Jim Keller? Raja. <clears throat> oh, him too. Uh, that's true. Both of them have, haven't they, Josh? Yep. Obviously, this is a move up because he's not director of technical marketing. He's senior director of technical Ooh. marketing. Does that mean he, mm. he's Ryan's boss? No. No. Like, they may be on the same level. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor. Stop stressing about how you'll handle it all this fall and do away with the end of summer season blues with HelloFresh. Dinner is now covered. When life gets busy, don't call for delivery. Use HelloFresh. Create fresh, tasty meals with their pre-portioned ingredients and easy step-by-step directions. They provide everything you need so you can get to cooking quick and whip up a delicious meal your whole family will like. Not to mention that team cooking with your family can indeed be fun again. My latest favorite recipe is an easy one to like. Spaghetti bolognese with chicken sausage. The meal was hearty and delicious and making it was a snap. All the main ingredients were right there, plainly marked and portioned out. The recipe card was, once again, super easy to follow. And I bet it's the easiest way you'll ever have getting your family to eat zucchini baked with Italian seasoning for a great mix-in with spaghetti sauce. So save time and cut out the hassle with HelloFresh. They have a variety of options you want for making great dinners, so it's not just the same old thing all the time. They keep out the boredom with 40 recipes to choose from every week. You can always find something familiar to like or a great new dish to try and love. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50PCPer and use code 50PCPer for 50% off plus free shipping. Start your sampling of America's number one meal kit and go to HelloFresh.com slash 50PCPer and use code 50PCPer for 50% off with free shipping. We're back and it's time for Security Corner. And, uh, you know, there's this new attack that might be Intel's downfall, if you will. Well, Intel Hmm. would prefer that uh, you referred to it a little differently than that. Okay, what is it? Other than being called uh, am I going to have to record a video about me being in a bunker and having a shaky hand, and I start yelling about CPU exploits? Yes, 
In fact, I'm surprised that you haven't done it yet. Yeah. But no, they, <laughs> they prefer German you... not to have subtitles. Yes. Yes. Exactly. It's we, uh, We'll call prefer... it Josh's downfall. Yeah. Josh's uplift, maybe. But mm. no, uh, Intel would prefer that uh, you refer to it as GDS. It's uh, a gathering, gather data sampling vulnerability. Like literally you, you run the gather command and uh, it's possible, unlikely, but possible that uh, someone who is on the same machine as you, because this affects Xeons, uh, so you're on a shared cloud computer, someone should actually be able to pull off encrypted data from that same shared machine that you're on. Hmm. The thing is, though, that it's it's really quite difficult to pull off, I think. And uh, sorry, I'm just trying to find. There it is. Uh, so Intel reached out. And okay. so, yeah, well, this attack would be very complex to pull out, pull off outside of such controlled conditions. Affected platforms have an available mitigation via microcode. Sadly. As with all of these other sort of things, it's going to mean about a 50% reduction in any code you're running that's running a gathering command. Hmm. And oh, that no. really kind of sucks. Now, uh, Alder, Raptor, and Sapphire, not a problem. Oh, wait. Alder and Raptor are like Sapphire's Rapids. I should uh, get used to these new names again. Uh, so they're fine. But the older ones, yeah, it's like Ice Lake, yeah, uh, Rap, uh, Sky Lake, Tiger Lake, like so many of them. Uh, so all the Sky Lake actually, derivatives. So you have like Coffee Lake yeah. and Cooper and Cabby and yeah. yeah. So all of those, they are so Tiger and Ice. Those is, are in a lot of laptops out there still. Well, I'm more worried about the cloud because I mean, if you're on a shared machine. It's probably not Clearly, a laptop. Yeah. Oh, and see, that's yeah. what you Wouldn't need be to be. Issue. You need to be on a shared machine, and all of a sudden you're able to access stuff that you shouldn't be able to. Hey, but Jeremy, just uh, disable SMT, because that could uh, partially exactly, mitigate it. Exactly, right? Isn't this what the, every single there, time something happens? Like, just turn off SMT. Oh, sure. Yeah, why, why wouldn't yeah. you just leave 30 yeah. or 40% there, of performance on the table? No, I would say even yeah. more. That's, that's really bad. Yeah. Well, and the real kick in the teeth is it's AVX 512. Right, AVX2 is is affected, but it's the AVX512, which was the brand new one. And so the other question is, I haven't seen any news on it, but uh, Zen 4 does AVX512 instructions. I'm kind of curious if they actually managed to design it so it's not going to be a problem, or they mitigated it before the hand, hey, or if it's, it's just they haven't figured it out yet. It's a two by 256 it's a double oh is it okay so, so it, yeah, it, it's, it, it's going to be different well we don't know if it's going to be safe or not but but it, it but the uh the, the the functionality is different between the two well how the end result makes. is the, the execution the, the execution yeah, hey speaking of amd and security yeah. inception it's a new attack that leaks sensitive data from all AMD's and CPUs. I thought we already talked about this, but this is different, I guess. This is from August 8th. This is like a combo? Computer. Okay. 
and now we don't know still... if we're dreaming or not. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. No, it, so it, it takes use of the phantom one, which we've definitely talked about numerous times before. And it sort of adds on to that, uh, the phantom speculative branch attack to make it a little bit even more effective. What does it say? Phantom speculation allows attackers to trigger mispredictions without needing any branch at the misprediction source, i.e. create a speculative execution period, transient window, at arbitrary XOR instructions. Yes. So you're actually tricking the processor into starting a whole uh, speculative branch from an execution that doesn't even exist. And so you, now you've got this whole novel process running where... You, you can combine with some of the other issue, uh, some of the other vulnerabilities to be able to jump into all sorts of sort of weird places that Spectre and Phantom have brought out. The, uh, the critical blurb there was it tricks the CPU into thinking that the XOR instruction yeah. is what's called a recursive call, which then so allows keeps, you to sort of take the program counter into your own space and yeah. execute what you want to execute. And yeah, so this one was 39 bytes a sec. So half a second to steal a 16 character password, six and a half for an RSA key, which for this type of uh, vulnerability is actually pretty fast. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it's just mm -hmm. about everything. And so, hey, there is a strategy that uh, you could fully flush the branch predictor state every time because that, that's where the vulnerability comes in. That would introduce they predicted a performance overhead between 93 to 200%. <laughs> oh, oh, or, or just disable, sucks. Just disable so speculative the, execution entirely and then have the yeah. performance of like a 486. Or, you, yeah. you know, you could do that. So uh, AMD came back and said that, hey, uh, Zen and Zen 2, we actually already do that. Branch trade predictions are already flushed. Yes, it's a vulnerability, but if you're up to date with your BIOS, it doesn't. So, and you'll be so happy to hear this, Sebastian. There'll be some new Ajisa code coming Perfect. out in the <laughs> near it. future. Yeah, uh, great. So check your uh, motherboards uh, vendor uh, because there will be a microcode patch or a BIOS. A bi it'll mo most likely be a BIOS update that will come out for your motherboard. And if you're running Zen 3 or Zen 4, you're... Uh, going to be okay. Okay, did, did, Bill much the of a cat, did Bill the Cat type out the top part of TTE PHTBTB? Thank you, Josh, because that was the first thing I thought when I saw that, too. Yep. That's, uh, <laughs> there is the like old Berkeley-breathed uh, comic uh, yeah. Bloom, Bloom County. Yep. Yep. So yeah, you benchmark everything again because your GSA code is changing, except this time for a very good reason. Because again, like the Intel one, very hard to implement, but kind of terrifying. And then Brett had to bring up this one. This is all you. And who, who would have guessed that you go to PC Gamer to read about security <laughs> stories, but here's a story about research that shows that bots beat people at convincing computers that they're not bots. Look, we've all been suffering for years with the CAPTCHA 
everybody knows what these are. You know, please select the bicycles so from these nine pictures or the train or the which one of these has traffic lights. And thank you. The traffic lights are the that. worst because they always go between. <laughs> I know. I hate uh, these are hateful, but at least it worked, right? It kept this Turing test, kept the bots at bay, and this minor inconvenience was worth it to keep bots out of our comment sections and login resets and and various places that we knew that we didn't want bot storms and bot teams within. Well, you know what? That's completely wrong. Some researchers did a test uh, with several hundred people and timed them over I don't know what's going on. Thing you got there? Yeah, well, but, didn't stop the, the pop the, up from them, but uh, it did stop the score. Why wouldn't you fill it out to see if they made you do a captcha to join their mailing list? There you go. <laughs> Hysterical, hilarious. <laughs> the, the score here was that during the time frame and the number of tests that humans and the first uh, stimulus, the first instance, were between fifty and eighty-four, eighty-five percent successful on on slightly around 10 or 15 seconds or so and bots the train bots were 99.8% accurate on these captures yep. and did it in about a second so the era of uh, the visual captcha to keeping uh, high speed programmable intelligent semi intelligent bots at bay is basically over it doesn't mean that every bot team is able to get through every captcha but it does mean that there are Bots, bot uh, teams out there that can easily beat captures, and it well, is Brett, depressing. Hmm. You you offer them a free training set <laughs> because they can just keep trying and trying and trying, and you know they won't get through the website, but they don't care. You're training your AI to recognize captcha stuff, and even humans can't because oh no, there's only about. 20 pixels worth of a car tire on there. So that's not a car tire tire. Uh, that's not right. a car except, tire. So except now the you, AI has human, figured you it out. It and you do it over again. Mm -hmm. The AI mm -hmm. is like, no, I already know that isn't that. Right. So now we're going to have to go to the blurry mixed together text that it's never clear if you have to capitalize <sighs> or not. And frankly right. is like literally, it's like, no, give me another one. Give me another one. I, I, I cannot read any of the crap you're providing me. Well, you know, the takeaway is sort of between the lines here. And remember when I said that the bots were getting it right very, very quickly and very highly accurate. The new approaches need to incorporate behavioral sciences or behavioral analysis in order to try and discern, is this a human or is this a bot? Now, they'll eventually figure that out as well and put human, human stuttering into the responses but at least we've got that going for us right now and how to tell the difference between humans and bots is that we're oh, yeah. slower that's, and more mistake prone. That's going to help <laughs> a least. lot. Yeah. Let's teach the bots social engineering. Mm -hmm. Gaming quick hits has begun and TIE fighter total conversion. All you need is X-Wing Alliance and some patience, right, Jeremy? Yes, because uh, X-Wing Alliance, if you don't already own it, is on sale for about 10 bucks right now. Uh, but I brought this up a year ago and totally forgot about it. And apparently over the past year, they have continued to update it. So not only do you get the full total conversion of TIE Fighter, you get some uh, wrap-ins with uh, some other X-Wing Alliance game or missions that weren't in the original one. 
they they've added uh, extra voice acting to it because it's not actually X-Wing Alliance you're playing. It's the total conversion mod of X-Wing Alliance with the total conversion mod of TIE Fighter, which is probably one of the better of these games that was ever released. Uh, so you get the, 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 this is what it used to look like. There, there wasn't such a thing as lens flare. And now it looks a wee bit. Well, I mean, carry on boys. Come on. Come on. Yes, we know. Play some game. Yes, yes, yes. Here we go. Speed, speed, speed. Oh, look or at that. Even that. Yeah. I mean, it's not quite ray trace, but it's still. Menus. It's it's nice. They were great. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh, the, I mean, you're driving around an unshielded little ship, at least for most of it. Uh, but they've also done some interesting things. Like in the original, if you were traveling full speed, your turning uh, radius was multiplied by about three. So in this one, unless you want to. Su- yourself to the old school rules you can actually still turn at full speed while maintaining full speed uh there's also a hell of a lot more torpedoes and such to dodge but uh honestly i i really need to load this and i did actually download at least part of it the patience part is because it's fan-based thing they do not have an unlimited download speed so they cap you sort of like nexus mods or anything like that Oh, so you will okay. have to wait a bit to get it. So you're but, actually uh, waiting because of the, the bandwidth. I yeah. thought it was just the install process would be really bothersome. It's also a little bit annoying. Uh, Ars Technica okay. ran through the entire steps as of right now. So, yeah. If, if you like that sort of stuff. Oh, and you're going to have to download extra mods if you want to use a mouse and keyboard. Because this was built back in the days when everyone had a joystick for this course, type of game. As everyone should. Mm-hmm. Damn right. need it to play X-Wing, really. And a sound card. Oh, look, Josh. Hold on. Let me get yeah, well, in frame here. I've got, I've got a joystick right here. even have yeah. a throttle. He knows how to use it, too. Yeah. Within arm's reach. Airbus 77. Oh, oh there he goes. Tight focus. That, look at the suction cups on the bottom of that one. That's that's. I can't reach oh, yeah. mine. It's way over there. No, I gotta unplug it from the USB because it's not gonna reach. The throttle just doesn't want to reach there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, so much fun, and still so mad at the new Mech Warrior that it just—it's not fun to play with this. It was oh. built for mouse and keyboard, and well. I've come to accept this. Uh, I've come to accept Quickly. that there will always be a humble bundle from Brett mm-hmm. in this segment. What's this one? Well, it's Baldur's Gate and Beyond. The special continues. You know what? We're seeing a, so much air being given to the new release of Baldur's Gate 3. I think that the, explore the back catalog. Why not see where the story started or came from or more sort of in the middle if you really into D, you know this is only a portion of it but anyway catalog is available for not a lot of money and it plays on the latest os's so go get some so as 25 gets you everything oh i see pay at least 12 and you get these eight yep. items look at that you get 
yeah. Planescape Torment yeah, I, Enhanced, Dicewind Ice, Dale, Icewind Dale, Baldur's Gate, the, Gate Enhanced, Baldur's Gate mm-hmm. Two yeah. Enhanced, Thank you, Neverwinter Neverwinter Nights, Nights, The Complete Adventure. Mm-hmm. There's so yeah, much fun packed into this. What, yeah, so many but games I don't have that time I'm to play. Chance to play. Yeah, just add it. Hey, look, add it to your Steam backlog. Those other Here, 200 next, games are lonely. Oh no, no, the my joke story, is that I can't play it because I'm too busy playing Baldur's Gate Three. Oh, I right. See. Well, the next story sort of plays into the just add it to your Steam backlog because there may be a penalty for that. The next story oh, really? is sad. A sad statement of that. Why? EA closing servers? Yeah. So, Crisis 3, Dead Space 2, Dante's Inferno. So if the game that you've, you know, been saving to play in your back catalog uh, has their servers shut off and there's no single player portion of it, you just wasted your money and never played. And that's coming to more and more games, of course. Uh, I think there's uh, the full story has about 12 or so in this year. But these are just some of the highlights. Crisis 3, Dead Space 2, and Dante's Inferno. But yeah, EA shutting down servers. Uh, you know, every couple of months, they shut down more servers for older games. So that back catalog may not be playable when you finally get around to it. Sad state. Let's move on to a featured review of the week. And Kent went all out to tame those 13th gen thermals. And I, I was... Oh, there's going to be so hot. involved in this. I was enjoying it? this, uh, just putting it into the system, looking at all of these methods that he used to get to that point. <laughs> the subtitle's great, too. Void your CPU warranty. Ask me how. <laughs> well, how did you do it? See, now that's a damn good title. Yes. It is. Yeah. Paul uh, Verhoeven so- would approve. <laughs> so yeah um you know the the uh, 12 intel 12th gen and 13th gen uh top end 900 series chips they use a lot of power uh the 12 900 ks uses a little in excess of 300 watts and the 13 900 ks at stock settings will use up to about 360 watts um and it gets hot Uh, And there's a lot of different methods for trying to tame that and keep it cool. Um, Water cooling is about your best bet. But, you know, that doesn't leave a lot of headroom for if you really want to, like, push the CPU or overclock it. Um, You can do some undervolting and get a little better clocks. But I really wanted to see, you know, what kind of headroom the, the, the silicon actually has. So the first thing I tried was, you know, the stock mounting bracket and then the, uh, the uh, contact frame uh, originated by Der Bauer and Thermal Grizzly and then numerous other manufacturers have taken it on. The model I used is by Thermal Wright. Um, and I was actually very surprised that I had almost no benefit from that over uh, the stock uh, bracket. Um, although I have seen, hmm. yeah, and although I have seen, I know That's Sebastian had a them. huge benefit. Sebastian had great results on that. Yeah, Sebastian had great results from that. I really didn't. Um, on this example, now, yeah, my, I my CPU used... was buckling though, and I had, okay. I had a noticeable. It was a bit concave. Like if you looked at the actual thermal spread, 
it wasn't even it was a little light in the center so so i had used that same yeah i had used that same frame on my 12900ks and i it wasn't a huge benefit like sebastian got but i had gotten some uh better temps with it um on the 12900 and I think maybe the 13900KS that I got may just have uh, had maybe a flatter surface to begin with. And it was also new, so it was not buckling. Um, so the next thing I did was I used uh, Thermal Grizzly's uh, CPU uh, lapping tool. And, uh, oh, my God. This is, this, is, and- this mm. is where you start voiding your warranty, my friends. Um, <laughs> so... And you know, never listen to Josh's not, advice when you're lapping a CPU, by the way. Yeah, don't use honing oil. No. <laughs> it would be so, a... Um, <laughs> yeah, I, so I used the uh, Thermal Grizzly tool. I got a piece of uh, scientifically flat glass um, to use for the lapping. And... You'll notice that the uh, the die it's or the uh, the IHS on my CPU seemed to just be pretty even overall. It was a little bit uh, concave, a um, little high spot in the the center. But you know, once I had gone through the three stages, uh, overall it was fairly even. So it's that um, brief style, and then cracking the CPU. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> the stages, yeah. Actually, you meant you meant convex, right, Kent? Convex. Yes, is convex. What you meant. So yes, this yes. this explains why the you didn't have the same benefit from that contact frame then, because my CPU mm-hmm. was a bit concave. So if you were already convex, then that takes care of the uh, the buckling issue right there. I, yeah. Yeah. So um, and. With even with lapping, there was a small benefit, but it was not a huge benefit over uh, just stock. It was uh, the hottest core after a Cinebench R23 run got to, uh, I believe, 96 degrees. At stock, it was 100 degrees. Um, and that was with the uh, temp limit raised from 100 to 115, so it wouldn't throttle. Um, again, I don't recommend doing this. If you're out there, this is not an instructional <laughs> article. It's just, but, but you clearly you know, are instructing what? people with all these uh, close-up photos and explaining exactly how to do it. How I to avoid your warranty? Should we put a disclaimer on this article? Oh my gosh! Uh, probably. I, think the subtitle, with it. I think the subtitle says that, doesn't it? Uh, how to avoid your I, warranty? That could be in a court of law. Yeah. So, and, and um, honestly, that if we ever do another PC per T-shirt. Void your warranty, CPU warranty. Ask me how. Yeah, that's great. Definitely worthy. That should be the next T-shirt. Void mm-hmm. your CPU warranty. Ask me how. And like, ask sure me how. Like thumbs up. Like, <laughs> I can I can do that. Yeah. That, perfect. So, so. Um, again, so th- lamping, which voided the warranty just as much as delitting, um, had a small improvement. Nothing fantastic. Um, and while I mentioned an article, I haven't mentioned it here yet. Uh, this was with the motherboard at all stock settings with two exceptions. Uh, XMP was enabled and all the power limits and uh, duration limits had been maxed. So this was a stock voltages and stock clocks, but um, it was just allowed to run at 
you know, at, at full bore for the entire duration. And oh, by the way, you um, raised the thermal limits to 115 C. Yes, that, yeah, <laughs> correct. So anyway, um, the, the next thing I did was I delitted the CPU using the new EK Durbauer um, delitting tool. Uh, it's a little more difficult, a little more time consuming than some of the other methods I've used to delit previously. But I really think it's probably the safest way to delid um, a 12th or 13th gen CPU if that's what you really want to do. Um, it, Is it that just, a thermal you know, or it's, it solder? Uh, it, it is soldered. Mm. Um, so yeah. I chemically yeah, removed the solder using, um, uh, chemically removed the solder on it using, uh, something that, uh, rocket cool cells that's called Quicksilver. Um, you can just use the, uh, uh, liquid metal thermal paste to do the same thing. Uh, but I really want to save all of that. I could for various applications. Um, how do you crack it off with without with okay so solder do, do you have yes. to heat the chip up first before you you can uh that they they generally recommend you heat it up um what i did was i basically ran it uh, about a 30 minute run of cinebench um shut the system down pulled it out put it in the uh the uh, D-Lid tool and work from there. Okay, just run you it without a heatsink. Just turn off the thermal yeah. protections, run Cinebench without a heatsink. It'll get really hot. Yeah, yeah. It'll Tom, get super hot. No. Yeah, use the, the, self, the self-heating can, element. It'll you can use a itself. heat gun or a hair dryer. A oh, hair dryer takes a bit longer, but you can use a heat gun as well. Okay. Um, just don't set it to like 500 Celsius. No, don't do Ma- that. Uh, the scary part for me looking at these photos is this part here. Like the liquid metal application is uh, not from the face of art. The sound it makes as the IHS separates is usually the scary part. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, and one of the tricks to a liquid metal application, uh, and it's a common mistake, is a lot of people like put it on there and so it looks like a nice smooth pool. That's way too much. You want it to look like a just a very, very thin layer with liquid metal. And you do apply a thin layer to the dye and a thin layer to um, the, the contact that's going against the dye, whether that's a direct dye water block or however you're going to be doing it. Um, or you can relit at that point, which I don't know that there's really any benefit to relitting on the newer chips. Um because the solder is quite good and it's not a tremendously thick layer of solder. Um, but so the whole reason I started this article was that EK has released a, um, a direct die kit of which the, um, the delitting tool is sort of part of, you can order either these velocity two blocks as a delit as a, um, direct die mount, or you can order an upgrade if you already have one of their existing ones. Um, but there's been a lot of controversy about it. Some people claimed it wasn't flat. Um, the, the mounting mechanism is very complicated. Um, and it's, it's a bit of a pain to work with. I'll be completely honest. And the first time I installed it, my temps were not good. 
Um, and so I uninstalled it, reapplied the liquid metal, and then reinstalled it. And they were much better at that point. Um, but yeah, you basically take off the stock um, contact plate and install this new one. It has a new jet plate. Um, and mount it. The mounting mechanism is the real pain. It holds the die in or it holds your CPU in the socket very well, but the back plate is just a pain to use. It's the same back plate that EK has been using on a lot of their blocks. And you always have to flip the motherboard to mount it, which is a, it's a terrible pain. Uh, So, and it's on this instance with the direct die kit, it's very difficult to get it on there correctly. The first time, like I said, it took me to the second time, the second time, my temps were better, um, and there was a substantial improvement over uh, stock or lap, uh, any of the others. I was pretty happy with that. But I wanted a comparison, and so I picked up a cheap die from a uh, cheap block from AliExpress uh, by a company called Iceman. It's just a machined. Uh, copper block that's been nickel plated. So I gotta ask this real quick. When you got mm-hmm. the DLH, DHL notification that it was coming, did you did you yell out the door? The Iceman cometh. <laughs> no, I did not. Ah, uh, next, next missed opportunity. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Missed opportunity. Missed opportunity. Hmm. Mm-hmm. But um, so uh, the Iceman block. It's very simple, very straightforward. It just replaces the the, the contact frame. Uh, you screw it into the stock backplate. I use the stock torque specs, um, applied liquid metal, and the temperatures were astoundingly good. Um, it beat the EK block oh. by over 10 degrees. Um, wow. The, yes, the hottest die on the the Iceman under load was 58 degrees over ambient. It was astounding. The um, the coolest die was only 47 degrees over ambient. That's after a full Cinebench R23 run, and it's almost 20 degrees cooler than uh, stock. It's complete, uh, just a completely new way of working with it because now you can undervolt, lower the temperatures even more, and give yourself a lot of overclocking headroom. The one interesting thing that I noticed with both the uh, EK Direct Die and the Iceman was that running the same temperatures with the same or the uh, same tests with the uh, same motherboard settings, they were both pulling less Watts to do the same work. Uh, And I'm guessing that that's just somewhere in Intel's uh, power management in the motherboard and, and in the processor that, since it can do more work when it's running cooler and it doesn't need as much voltage as uh, when it's running cooler as it does when it's hot. It's sort of this 
you know, double-edged sword because as, as you get hotter, you need more voltage to stay stable. And so when it's running cooler, it can do the same work. Yeah. 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 So, um, and since this test, um, I have just permanently mounted the Iceman on that uh, system. Not surprised. I've not even really toyed with overclocking yet, but I was able to to, um, undervolt it so that it's running a Cinebench R23 at about 60 degrees, completely stable at stock settings on a 13900KS. Uh, yeah, the uh, it was the the review wasn't or the, this article wasn't really intended to be a review of any product. I was just I was wanting to investigate the the problems that I've been reading about that EK direct die kit. Uh, but man, this this little cheap uh, this was seventy seven dollars um, off of AliExpress. It arrived in two weeks. Um, now it's eighty seven dollars. It's still a bargain. Um, oh, it's 90. basically oh, 90. It's still, it, this is a bargain at a hundred because the EK oh, kit no, is 220. Oh, store coupon yeah. or, or 2%, yeah. Yeah, 2% yeah. off. There's a $15 store coupon and it's free shipping, right? I, th- or, I think I'm going to yeah. take the 15% off or the 15 bucks on Pro- this one. Probably take that yeah. $15. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah um, probably. Yeah. So the, one of the benefits of this one that I found, um, and I've, I've actually 10. made a mistake in the folders that I sent to Sebastian. Um, there, I took photos of both the uh, EK fin array inside the contact plate and the, uh, the Iceman uh, fins. And there are many more fins on the Iceman, and they're thinner, so there's a ton more surface area on this. Um, and machining is excellent. It, you know, the stuff out of China is getting better and better all the time. Yeah, that's it. I've got Um, to, uh, I've got to ask you, um, after about four weeks, can you take that part apart and take a look at the fins? Cause the big, I took it apart. No, go ahead. Um, things like that. And like Corsair, if you have different metals, you know, throughout your loop, yeah, you're Mm going to get erosion and those fins fill up fast. I remember way back in the day, Corsair, their first um, one, it was like, hey, it works great. And like four weeks later, it's like my temperatures are now higher than ever. And they took it apart. Oh, they're all in one? Yeah, that was that was back yeah. in like 2002. Oh, they, yeah. mixed that, they mixed nickel and something else and all. Oh, it was yeah. not a good idea. Yeah. Well, they, they filled not the anyway. cooling loop with a lot of stabilizers because most radiators are aluminum. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a dirty secret. People don't like to talk about it. Some of the high-end stuff is copper. I know that that... uh, You are correct. Some of the high-end stuff, especially the DIY, put together your own. Yeah. You can opt into buying a copper radiator. Mm -hmm. Yes. But the AIOs are generally copper cold plate with an aluminum radiator. Forget I said Forget I said anything. They use a lot of glycol in uh, in, most of the all-in-ones. Anti-ionizers and... All those fun things. Yeah. But definitely go to PCPer.com. It's a companion website to our podcast, just in case you didn't know about that. And you look at mm-hmm. look at Kent's article because there's tons of pictures and close-ups and all the screenshots from all the Cinebench runs and all that good stuff. So 
Check it out. But we're going to move on to picks of the week. Josh, please get us started. Okay. So this group's been emailing me now and then, you know, saying, hey, we've got these specials on. Here's a really interesting monitor. I don't know much about them, but they're interesting. <clears throat> and so more than likely, in some discussion, these are these are some B-grade panels, and they have some shortcuts. But for a 49-inch, you know, 51-whatever by 1440 curved HDR 400 USB Type-C speakers, 120 hertz. I mean, it's it's a pretty good deal because the price is not $949. No, it's $150 off of that. So it's 800 bucks. You get a tremendous amount of space. It's a VA panel. So, you know, HDR 400 is, is okay. Um, it's pretty, you know, pretty skinny for what you got. Uh, one of the only problems that I see is that uh, the HDMI is limited to 60 hertz at that oh. resolution. But well, it's got DP you, you 4. Just, yeah, and you're just watching a movie with HDMI, right? You're just yeah. watching a movie. You're playing games on DisplayPort. Correct. With the monitor like this, yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, the curvature, is 1,800 enough when it's 49 yeah. inches? I want it to envelop me. I want it to just well, I mean, completely wrap around. Usually you're seeing 16. 1,800R is a bit more of a curve than normal. But it's 49 You're want that Corsair inches. one that bends. You can just grab the corners and pull it at you. Just, oh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that took off yeah. well. Somebody said, what, so, it has Ethernet? It does. It has a... Uh, I. It apparently what? it looks as if it does. Why? What is this? Yeah. 100 megabit Ethernet. What? <laughs> but for, but like, why? Uh, remote? Oh, that's for <laughs> the uh, that's for the built-in Alexa. No, I'm just guessing. Oh, I don't okay. know. <laughs> I don't know. It's probably not. Maybe it's a firmware thing. I don't know. That's weird. Yeah. Sure. In Russia, monitors spy on you. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's an interesting little company, and they have some interesting deals now and then. Because remember back in the day, the the really inexpensive, cheap uh, Korean brands that you would get overnighted across the sea, and and uh, sometimes your quality was really good, and sometimes it was not so good. But it was really inexpensive, and this is kind of that that same thing. I I'd Josh, love to have a forty five inch. I would love yeah. to get one of these, and and at eight hundred, it's like ooh. It's just about Let's there. Get yeah. Hmm? All right. Next up, Jeremy, your pick this week. Uh, well, hey, you're going to watch this live to be able to get this one because uh, I couldn't really find anything that wasn't ending like probably in about two hours from now. But do you remember when AMD B series were cheap? Like that, that was the one where you could Pepper's afford farm, to remembers. off of... Uh, you know, a motherboard that cost under a hundred bucks. Now, that's not such a thing. However, the ASRock B760M Steel Engine Wi-Fi. Oh, sorry, this is Intel. I'm not paying attention. Uh, is literally <laughs> less than half price. Wait, do they have regular on, ghost? See. Well, uh, B series from B, either uh, ASRock. B650 Pro. Yeah. How much are those? Uh, but more. still, right? It's okay. Like, motherboards are insanely expensive right now. But this thing, normally $259.99, currently available in Canada for $129.99. 
you get the the stupid new egg rebate, which is not completely useless, but isn't great. But seriously, if you if you're looking for building a, a cheap motherboard or a cheap system right now, the fact that the B series are well over two hundred bucks is annoying. I understand why. Hey, there are problems in the world right now, and uh, we're running out of certain things. However, if you've got to build a cheap system. And you can grab something like this for $129.99, which has Wi-Fi. It's uh, everyone's favorite uh, tiny little form factor. So you only got the one PCIe Express port, but it's tiny. It's not bad. Yeah, and, you'd have oh, to go to A620 to get any cheaper. This is yep. UEG.com, the cheapest AM5. Well, and you're looking at American pricing. Yeah. Yeah, this is Canadian pricing. Go go to Amazon.ca and uh, experience the joy uh, uh, yeah. of uh, our pricing. Yeah, it's so, a yeah. lot higher. With this, you'll be able to afford some DDR5. Oh, whoa, whoa, wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second, Jeremy. Breaking news. I was on Newegg.ca. Oh, were you? Ooh. So these are, these are, can yeah, free shipping from Canada. $99 after rebate for an ASRock A620 board. Get excited. It's Micro ATX. It has almost no features. Four plus one plus one power phase. But hmm. Oh, this one's got 12 plus one plus one. $100. Here's the problem with AMD and with this generation as far as affordability of these motherboards go. They went AM5 only for the memory yep. controller on the CPU. So unlike... Intel, which you can find some really cheap options with DDR4, current gen, no such luck on AM5. You have to get DDR5. It's more expensive to build these boards. And that's kind of ridiculous that the absolute uh, cheapest. And Lance, no, it has three. 100. It has three M.2s, one of which I believe is taken up by the uh, the uh, the Wi-Fi. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, there, there are three PCIe Gen 4x4s on there. On which one? Not I the believe A620. The two are hidden behind. The no, right? the 760M, the, the one I picked. The one you picked. That was an Intel board, though. Yes, I know. Oh, okay. But yeah, fair. It's, it's, my point is that it's expensive to buy motherboards nowadays. It is. And hey, I get a little bit excited when I see a decent deal on one. And then you got PCI SIG who wants to switch over to optical and make things even more expensive in the future. Oh, well. Hey, I could have brought up the uh, Diamond uh, CPUs earlier, but uh, I went Diamond for Li-Fi instead. Oh, Anyways, uh, yeah. Brett, I believe you probably have a pick because I'm guaranteeing you Sebastian doesn't. How ah, dare you. True on both counts. You know what? Unlike Josh, I'm not going to try and withhold your network to only 100 megabits or even that bougie gigabit. I'm going to advise that you up your game to two and a half gigabits per second or even 10 gigabit per second. However, there are a lot of uh, internet plans out there from Xfinity or, or other providers that will allow you to get one gigabit plus. Stop fooling with bonding. Get a real Doxus 3.1 modem like this surfboard Eris S33. Sure, it's a refurb, but it's pushing $200 for these high-end cable modems with, on the backside, it's the little magic, 
the 2.5 gigabit Ethernet on the back side of this, which makes these a perfect match for your upscaled network. There it is, that 2.5 gigabit single non-bonded Ethernet connection for ease of 1.2 plus gigabit internet at the top of the uh, top of the food chain for buying from Xfinity or wherever yeah, just, you can get your just forget about plus. you know the wired connection at that speed. Okay, okay wait, wait, wait. Before we go too far, <laughs> that's on the that, WAN port, uh, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the WAN. Take port. a look under Brand Eris Internet Service Provider. Suddenlink not compatible with. AT&T, Verizon, CenturyLink, Google Fiber, Comcast, Xfinity, most regional cable internet providers, that's, Charter, that's, and Cox. That's not, that is not true. It is, it is actually <laughs> not true. listed. No, it's not true. Go go look at like Xfinity's site. It is, it's supported as the S33 is supported on their site. Uh, oh, fine. Okay. I, I think what they're <laughs> suggesting is you don't get Docsys 3.1. You, it's possible that you might not be able to get Doxus 3.1, but it is definitely because well, they're only offering 3.0 and they don't like doing it. It has it has been a recent addition that they now support Doxus 3.1 and the S33 modem. So look that up, but but make sure to look this up at your local cable provider. And if you're going to go to the highest tier of one gigabit plus, don't max out your one gigabit modem. It's it's straining at one gigabit. Get a, a new modem that's capable of 2.5 gigabits and compute with ease. You know, don't get stuck at Josh speed. So, oh, speaking of which, <laughs> we now have Blue Peak Fiber. They they mm, came by and said fiber. we're turning up your neighborhood. If you want, I'm jelly. Two weeks from now, we can get you a uh, a guy to come out, and I've got to get a few things in order before doing such a thing. But uh, it's it's two gigabit for sixty bucks a month. Nice. So that means that I Very need to nice. for the Euro Seven Ooh. because they they bundle the Euros uh, with uh, their service. It's nice, and it's nice. Uh, I will have to upgrade to two point five gigabit <laughs> networking. <laughs> one Finally, of us. One of us. Uh, my pick this week. My, Wait, my 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 board motherboard doesn't even support two point five, so I'd have to get one of those twenty six dollar. You know, network. Oh, they're a very great investment. They they work perfectly. Two point five, yeah. you can do on a one X, so you don't even need a four X uh, yeah, card slot for that. He, Josh uses real motherboards that have multiple expansion slots, so I do. It'll be fine. I do. Mm-hmm. My yeah. pick this week. I'm gonna look to my left. You can't see it's off camera, but I have a shelf, a uh, plastic shelf that I recently put together. That's not my pick, but I've been piling things on it. Uh, I've been finding things in various places and assembling them here. So I have a collection of uh, in-box computer hardware. So let me just get off camera here for a second. I will grab the first thing. Oh, no. Where do you go? What do you have? What do you have? It is Uh, technically within reach. It is the Sound Blaster X to G. Oh, my God. And this is an external sound solution. Yeah, um, it's ugly as sin. It, I've seen one not, of those. It's, it's about it's what's inside that counts, or whether what's outside. What about 2000, 2001? Uh, let's see. Let's read the box together. 2002? See if you can find the copyright date on here. I can't see stuff. Well, okay. I'll get closer to the... I can't. Made in Singapore. Made in Singapore. Made in yep. Singapore. Yep. The, uh, the serial number. I'm gonna get the. I'm gonna get the ten dollar discount on that. I have your serial number now. Okay. <laughs> Not seeing a date. Com- is that uh, is that sealed for quality? It is. It is sealed. It's factory sealed. Yeah, I see a seal on it. 
yep, sealed for quality. I'm not seeing a date. Lance says 2002. That's out of the YouTube chat. Okay. So nope, anyway, April. it's it's uh, 24 bit. I mean, you could add 24 bit to your life. Dolby Digital. Oh, so remote. Freaking awful. Think where, about where the do you possibilities. This, where do you this? put this where you can't reach it? It's the external sound blaster for stunning digital audio fidelity on your yeah. PC and notebook, it says. Oh, there's a faded And it came with a remote here. control, so you can hide it in a corner somewhere yeah, to hide your shame. Somebody paid $149.99 for this at one point in history. Uh-huh. Yep. But it's, it's easy best, best to connect by a USB. Mm-hmm. Uh, Circuit City, maybe? Circuit City, yeah. Okay. Think of the Circuit City <laughs> sticker, possibly. Yep. Uh, oh, wait, there's stuff on the bottom. This is probably where the date is. Read that. Uh huh. Contents of this oh, box. That's 2001. Rude. USA and Singapore. 2001. 2001. 2001. So, I mean, 2001. I would expect something like this to be Firewire, but no, it's just good old USB, which is probably just I, USB 1.0. I think I saw you oh, yeah. flash, <laughs> flash a couple of S video connections at me as it was flying by. <sighs> optical yes, in and are. out. You got to have that optical pass through yep. in your life. So, yeah. It's really, it's this really useless the thing brought to you by um, staying up too late at night on eBay, apparently. I don't even remember. The YCRCB it. of S video, it's really tough to beat that for analog. So. All right. Uh, Kent, an actual pick, please. An actual pick. Well, you know, Jeremy was showing cheap motherboards, and I'm showing a motherboard that. Well, by itself, it's not really cheap, but it's it's a good motherboard. This is an MSI. Uh, it's a Z690, so it's sort of last gen, but uh, you can update the BIOS for uh, 13th gen processors. It's a eight layer PCB with two ounce copper layers, um, five M.2 slots. So it's a, it's a good solid board. It's three hundred and nine dollars. But the interesting part is when you scroll down the new egg page to the combos that they have. So you can Keep get going. this. Other way. There you go. Yeah, a little more, a little more. There you go. So you can get this motherboard, for instance, with a four terabyte Seagate Barracuda for almost $60 oh. less than the motherboard by itself. Oh, or the so drive, practically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Also, there's some some more interesting things, like right now, the 12700K Intel processor is on sale for about $315. You can get it with this motherboard for $429. Even more interesting than that is you can get it for $539 with the 12900K that also has an $85 coupon code on it right now. I don't know how long that's going to last. So you can actually get it with a 12900K and the motherboard for slightly more than with 12700K. They also have a combo that includes DDR5 memory and even a 360 millimeter AIO cooler. Um, so you can pretty much get half of your system built for around $500 because of the crazy combos that are available with this motherboard right now. Is that it? But it's not compatible with uh, his sound card, is it? Not with the X to, uh, X to G. Somewhere Josh. else, I have one of those, you know the 
internal sound cards. It had what looked like a 40 pin ribbon cable to go to a front three and or five and a quarter inch bay. Mm-hmm. I have one of those too, still in the box, but it's a refurb. It's not, it's not in the original retail packaging. It's a white box. Uh, I'll have to do a build with that someday. Do, do you have any spare Josh. MTC cables? No. Yeah, yes, Josh, Brett? I, I, I look forward to hearing your experience about uh, upgrading your internal network to um, a faster speed. I think it should be equivalent to practically going from spinning rust on a PC boot time to an right. SSD. So I, I, I think it should be equivalent to something like that. It should yeah, be somehow really eye opening. 600 megabit internet packets are, are moving yeah. far slower on my gigabit. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It's, it, Josh still mm, thinks that the only like reason that. you have a home network is for internet. No, we're talking about know, moving files around. You know, I, yeah. used, to, I used to do that slow. back in the day. But I haven't done, yeah, any kind of reviews lately that needed that kind of stuff. Josh. So there. The, what? You have a physical media collection. If physical media is dying, they're not going to make it anymore. Soon. Hey, now. Yeah. So you need to get that transfer. You need red, to red out. start backing up your physical. Back up those bits because oh. bit rot is mm-hmm. real. I've had discs True. rot out to the point where they weren't playable yep. anymore. And these are not yep. even that old Blu-rays. Mm. It's pathetic. The manufacturing tolerances were apparently not high enough. Or Low they're enough. just continuing to use the pressing machines. Of, I've got all kinds of maroon cases up there. In my my oh, HD DVD, yes. Oh yeah, HD oh, yeah. Almighty. Mm. You know, I I feel like Josh would be the kind of guy who would be an HD DVD and probably Betamax too. No, no Ooh. Betamax, but no, HD really? DVD. Oh, okay. I thought that was I thought was going to be the future because it wasn't Java based. Is that Java? Wasn't it Blu-ray? No. A lot of their I thought stuff it was. was I thought well, Blu-ray mini originally, yes. Or, yeah. yeah, painfully yeah. slow to load too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And HD DVD was was a better because uh, it, it required a different laser that was not as expensive and it was you know not as uh, dense. Yes, but the density they, was. They half. did a lot of good. It, not not half, but it was it was less. I thought it was only twenty five versus fifty, or maybe it was a little bit more than twenty five. Josh, yeah. I think you'd be an expert. These- Anyway, these blank Josh, DVD I, plus R drives are not going to work. <laughs> the, hey, the, I still have a few of those. Too. The bits are bigger, so maybe they'll last yeah. longer. Maybe. Josh, I, if I remember correctly, which which media conglomerate is what moves us towards a particular format of adoption? Uh, let's move on. Let's move on before we get into that. Okay, that's right. that was just speculation. <laughs> I don't yeah, know that was a key driver there. No, no, we all know it's true. It was uh, classic cinema. He's talking about classic cinema, whichever. I am. You know, the, the Criterion the collection. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the format. Yep. We'd all still be on Laserdisc if that was the case. Yep, 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 yep. Okay. Um, let's call it a night. It's uh, okay. after midnight. We never can seem to get this show done in less than two hours. Although the final version that you'll watch on YouTube later will be like an hour and 10 20 minutes. Or something. Yeah, it's big. Yeah. It's cut a bit all cut the cruft, all the silences. This one feels long, though. This one feels like it's going to be. It was. It does, uh, but it was more. feature oh, packed. There were a lot dense. of moments that you're going to want to watch over and over again. I think that we just had a natural chemistry that just uh, it just it just them. exuded off the screen. Yeah, and through my headphones, yes. and now I got to clean my you ears. Can just cut out. 
You can just cut out my entire rambling through my article. <laughs> no, no, there was, it was, it no. was good. There's, uh, there's nothing. I, I'll do no editing. No, you built up tension. They were like, oh, well, yeah. Wait, what kind of tension? Like, what kind of tension did we build up? Huh? Uh, Five of us? Sort of a... Let's let's talk no, about the Blu-ray format again and, and why it and why it went it's out between it's us stuck. and the audience. <laughs> okay. And they were wondering why Kent wouldn't, you know, like just delid off the bat and like in the right. chat and make. Well, well you, you don't. Once you delid, to... you can't really do the lapping. Right. Or you don't, you don't want to give it all away up front. You've got to mm-hmm. exactly. You got to tease a little bit. Like, oh, what if I just uh, it lap there. it a little bit? <laughs> yeah. What does that exactly. do to the Let's see what. Let's see what that. Does. Yeah, and what then, is it like? What is it like? You like that? And then he that? takes it all off. <laughs> Did and, you like and that? And then he strips down at the end. That's right, but he exactly. leads with a good headline, leads him on for a yep. bit, and then strips we, it all down. It was well. What done. if we pop this top off, huh? <laughs> yeah. Lose the top. Yeah. Lose the top. Lose the top. And like in so many other things, the uh the the cheap uh, version from China gave the best performance. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> right, on that note, it I'm going to hit the, did. I'm gonna stop the recording.